Hey, Alex. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, my wife's not dating another guy, so I might be a step up on you. Oh, that's good. They're not going to date. They're just getting ice cream. So your your heterosexual fiancé is going to get ice cream with your heterosexual roommate, and we are convinced that all is above board. Yep. They just really like ice cream. I'm just saying, your 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 roommate is an attractive guy. There are options on the table. I think they just really like ice cream. Are they going to bring you ice cream? I denied the ice cream. I didn't want any. New so, Year, new me, Steve. There's there's no new year, new year, good year, good you that would require not eating ice cream. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I should at least deny at least one of every three times I'm offered ice cream. I think that's a good goal for this year for me. Okay. Well, Meatloaf sings about this. Two out of three ain't bad. So if you say yes, 67% of the time, we're solid. And Meatloaf was a really healthy guy. <laughs> uh, I think we can uh, bump the agenda tonight. We've got new topics. So we can just stay on these two here. I'm sorry. Are we, are we recording right now? <laughs> Welcome to the Tribute to Meatloaf Hour, Bat Out of Hell, Back into Hell, Top 5 CD of All Time, and Argue. No, I won't make us do that. All right. Welcome aboard, everybody. And after after a false start in Week 17, we now have a new league champion. Congratulations, Derek. Thank you very much. It is a, it is a thrill to win and an honor to be part of the esteemed championship club. It was a, a thrill deferred for a week with our very unusual circumstances there. But uh, thanks to our commissioner for putting things to a vote. You know, democracy lives, and it seemed you're, to work out okay for me. You're being way too nice. I know you were cursing my name for a week. <laughs> I was I, in every league. Everyone had a different approach. I was like, I'm just going to roll with it. I was in a, a, a certain amount of angst for a week, but I knew that could just happen with, uh, with this unusual situation. So what I was upset about is that they, they, they didn't play, they didn't air the Ravens Bengals game. So I had to watch everything on Gamecast and I did not miss uh, a play on that. But, so that was a little aggravating, but. First half was touch and go and second half, everything went my way. So I am just, uh, uh, very happy to be champion. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad we could help. <laughs> well, well, we'll take a deeper dive into your team a little bit later as we get to our bullet points. But, yeah, we just all wanted to say congratulations. Uh, you definitely caught some bad breaks the first two years, and uh, the ship got right in year three. Thank you. All right. So, all right, let's start with 10 for 10. I'm going to start with just the regular NFL for number one. I want to get your guys' opinion. Um, I really feel like Sean McVay's a douchebag right now. Like, yeah. For context, like, he's telling the Rams he's not sure if he's going to be back next year, if he's going to go do studio work. Like, you have that right to make the choice. Like, I don't argue that, but, like, this is a critical time in the hiring process. Like, Teams are looking for coaches, and, like, to be in a holding pattern, like, 
you're kind of screwed. And it also just feels lame. Like the Rams sold out to win a championship last year and to, in theory contend this year. And now that, uh, the draft picks are drying up and the players are getting a little older. Like he's kind of piecing out. Like, I don't know. I just, I get both. I don't have respect for either decision. I'm just wondering, is this one of Steve's odd moral stances or is this, uh, kind of you guys feel the same way or where you at? So I don't think it's an odd stance, um, but I am going to look at it from a different perspective, which is if I were Rams management and I really wanted to keep him, I would want him to go to Hawaii for like two weeks and just recharge and and have him not, uh, you know, make a hasty decision because you see that happen where coaches, they leave and then they regret it. So you want him to be in the right frame of mind. So like, yeah, there's a risk with the delay. You're right. It's, you don't want to fall behind in, in the coaching process. But if you are intent on keeping him, I, I think you would actually be okay with him taking the time that he needs for that to increase the chances that he comes back. Okay. You bite the bullet in the short term to play the long game. Exactly. Okay. What, what? Was your quote an odd, uh, a Steve odd moral stance? Well, yes. Yes. Is, is today a day that ends in day? No. Um, I wouldn't be as upset at him right now. He's got to look out for number one and the Rams can very easily get rid of him. Um, on the flip side, right? Like he, he is trying to make as much of a power move as he can. Uh, to look out for himself. Uh, does it put the Rams in a bad spot? Maybe. Um, do I feel bad for the Rams? No. Um, do I feel good for the Lions because this team is in such disarray that they're going to get a great draft pick next year too? You bet. Yeah, too bad we didn't get the 23 and 24 picks instead of the 22 and 23 first round picks. Next year's pick should be gold. I think he's a butt. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. He's making the right move career-wise because the Rams are terrible and it's going to be a while before they came back, but um, morally, he's a butt. He has relied <laughs> off of star players to have his best seasons, and I think he's proving it. So, just saying. And then he's like, oh, well, this team's dead. I'm going to go here because it's going to make me look bad because he doesn't want to deal with a rebuild. And he's not above that. Just gonna say. Nope. Flip the question around to you, Steve. Does this make him an even worse coach seeing what the Lions were able to do with his former quarterback that he could never do? That's a great question. I don't, I don't think so because I still think Jared Goff, Jared Goff is a fine quarterback to get us to the next level in theory, but no, if we got to an NFC championship game or a quarterback or I'm sorry, a Super Bowl and Jared Goff versus X, like, no, I don't have any confidence that we would be fielding the better quarterback. It would have to be the rest of the team, which would be that much better. As as long as the weather isn't less than 20 degrees, so he short arms every throw, we'll we'll be fine. <laughs> you got ASR out there catching everything with his butt and his feet. I mean, you got a chance. That was amazing. That was amazing. I love that guy. Oh, he's a treasure. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, all right, Lucas. Um, as you noted, I am quite excited to hear what the rule changes are going to be or kind of how they turn out in the vote. So I know you want to kind of 
hold it close to the vest, but is there any tease you can give us as far as any patterns you're seeing or anything of note that has come through with all the recommendations or the things we are going to kind of vote on? Um, yeah, the, the main basic themes are, um, roster changes. Um, so starting roster spot, uh, changes, there's a lot of proposals in, in there. And there's also a lot of proposals around how we determine, uh, draft order. Uh, so that was quite interesting to figure out how to, um, how to, how to vote for that because the draft changes I kind of threw into one question and said, here's your five options. Pick one of them. Uh, because we do need to settle on something for draft order. Whereas the roster changes, I don't know, some of them conflict with each other. Uh, so if like two of them went out, um, we have to figure out what I'd have to do with that. Like, you know, both of them win, but one says you remove this spot and the other says you double down on that spot or something like that, right? That you can't have a both. So um got to figure that out. But yeah, roster changes and draft order changes are the rule of the day. You talked about like, I think you said there are going to be five different uh ways people are talking about the change in the draft order and you're going to kind of present this to everyone and kind of say, pick one. Yeah. So that's, that's how I was able to do that. So there's, there's, well, there's really four different ways that draft order uh, determination was suggested. And then the fifth option is don't change anything. Keep going the way that, that we're doing it. So somebody um, literally submitted a don't change anything or you, oh gosh. No. Um, it, it's just that I don't want everybody voting on each one individually. Yes, I like this one. Yes, I like this one. Yes, I like this one. No, tell me the one you like best. And, you know, maybe one option wins with three votes because uh, the others had two and one. Um, and it just seemed like the best way to, to handle that question. I was going to ask, any thought to doing a runoff? Like if it is kind of that skewed, like three, two, two, one kind of deal, like taking the net top two and pushing them forward or no, just winners going to carry. No, this is becoming quickly uh, more complicated than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> sure. um, so I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible um, and as equitable as possible. Um, I also don't know what I'm going to do if it goes 5-5 five, five okay. on any question. Um, I'm thinking we need to go majority wins and a tie is a loss. A tie is a, is a no vote. Um, that's where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been in support of that, but obviously you got to make your call. So I just want you to answer this yes or no, because it's going to be relevant to what I do in a step two. Like, is there one rule no. in the bunch right now that stands out as like particularly like that is the most outside of the box. That's the most outside the box of all of them. Yes. And I put it in there just for you. OK. Derek, that question. Alex versus the field. Who submitted it? <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take the field. Lucas, you want does me he to win? Tell you the answer? Uh, Just if he submitted it, was it Alex or not? He's the champ for the for a reason. He took okay. The field is right. All right. No, to be to be honest, it was submitted by me. Um, ah. I know it won't pass, and I did it on purpose because of a theme I was seeing in the roster changes. Okay. So I decided to triple down on it just to have fun. 
right. Three. Everybody gets to weigh in, but I must start with you, Derek. I want the outsider's opinion. Um, Cam has talked about it, like he's starting to be won over by Dan Campbell. I'm starting to get sucked back into the stupid Lions team after Sunday night's what felt like not counting 1991's divisional win against the Cowboys, what might be my favorite Lions game of all time, you know, 31 years later. So legitimately as an outsider, like what uh, what are your thoughts on watching the Lions do what they did to the Packers and moving forward? Okay, so believe it or not, I think I'm on the same page with Cam here. Um, and I'll, I'll go back to that in a second. But I want to say I was pulling for the Lions to get that playoff spot all along because I have some built-in resentment toward the Seahawks, which is that ever since 1985, whoever schedules the TV games in the Pacific Northwest believes that if you live in this part of the country, then you should watch the Seahawks play the Jets or the Texans or who, whatever bad team. And so I get tired of watching them on TV when I could be watching a good game. So yeah. uh, I have many Seahawks friends who um, don't listen to the podcast, so I'm okay to say that. So I was on board fully going for the Lions, but I loved when – and it was a great game. It was, I'm sure, agonizing for, for Lions fans to watch, especially with some of the, the calls that were made. But I loved when Campbell was interviewed. I think it was halftime, and, and they asked a question like – you know, what kind of incentives do you have when you found out before the game we weren't going to make the playoffs? And he's just like, we want to keep them from making the playoffs. And I just love, I love that answer. And I feel like Alex has been right all along that Campbell is, uh, he's maybe like a, a mastermind tactician and he's been sandbagging for a long time. Uh, because those calls, and maybe it's like when you have nothing to lose, you just like, yeah, we'll pass on fourth down here. Or we'll do the, I don't know what you call it, the pass to Brown where he shoveled it. There might be a name for that. But like. Oh, the hook and ladder. The hook and ladder. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah. I just haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. Uh, but worked to a charm. So I thought it was great. Like felt like they got a big monkey off their back to do that to the Packers with what they've done to them through in the, you know, Rogers era, for all the, all the eras. So I thought it was great. Um, and I'm sure that was like, you know, like you said, a great moment for Lions fans. So kudos, kudos to you all. You believe this is a playoff team next year? Yeah. Okay. So the way you guys, we have an outsider who believes in us. Yay. <laughs> Drinking the Kool-Aid baby. Uh, <laughs> The way you feel about the Seahawks is how we feel about Green Bay quarterbacks. Mm. So, you know what? Uh, we just missed the playoffs. We're probably the only fan base in the world that is not upset about missing the playoffs. It's um, right. Because we are more happy the fact that we kept Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. And to add icing to the cake, oh, God, if that was his last game. That will carry me through for the next three years yeah. as a Lions fan. That's awesome. I just found out this. So I live in Beaverton, Oregon. I just found out that Aaron Rodgers from the age of 10 to 13 lived in Beaverton, Oregon. Just found that out. Very random fact. But uh, no, the hatred for like Rodgers is now extended to, I think, everybody in the NFL. But you guys have just hated him for forever. So I think it's great. It's pretty pompous. <laughs> and not in the adorable way like Alex's. Yeah. No. All right. 
So this is the part of the conversation we do the year in review. So of the teams that uh, finished up last week. So we'll start out with the team that came up uh, just, uh, I think, technically 18 points short of the championship. Carly, year in review, guys. Talk with me. What are your thoughts on this team finishing second place? We've got the team that kind of ran the wire. I think, Lucas, you said since week 11 and uh, doesn't doesn't bring it home. Um, I mean, I, I think the teams, we didn't have a, um, a sleeper make the championship game this year, right? You know, the, the two teams in the championship, um, felt like they belonged. Um, I would probably said the same thing, uh, if you were in there too, Steve, um, maybe earlier in the season, I'd say that about Bob too, but he kind of fell off at the, at the end there a little bit, but um, so no, I mean, she deserved to be there. Um, I thought it was a really great team. Um, She kind of fell on the bad luck of the real life NFL season wrapping up at the same time as fantasy football championships happen. Um, and where teams rest players, uh, that got you to that point. So, um, it happens. Uh, it's, it's part of the game. Uh, it sucks, but, um, yeah, gotta hold your head high. Um, well done, especially as you had mentioned, I think last week that, um, she hardly made any waiver moves in the past, like six or seven weeks. Um, and basically won her second place in the draft. Yeah, I think this was. Clearly a championship caliber team. I mean, if, if Burrow would have had just another stellar game like he's had for, you know, the majority of the last, you know, chunk of weeks, that, that would have won it. He kind of underperformed considering how he'd been playing. Um, and then you know, losing Henry obviously hurt, although, um, Smith played pretty well. Um, so it, I mean, really wasn't a bad, performance it just I had two my stars just had uh you know two of their best games of the season to to lead me to victory so um yeah it was like we talked about there's a certain luck that goes into it and just luck of the draw didn't pan out but uh plenty good enough to win the championship just with a reminder of how incredible this draft was like her first nine picks were like eight players who started for her in the championship game and Justin Herbert. So basically every starter that wasn't an IDP and to kind of go to the waiver wire thing. I didn't know this until I looked it up like a week or two ago. All three of her IDPs she picked up on the same day, November 17th. That was the extent of the waiver wire work she did in that area. So I don't know if they're all on by or how that played out. I didn't do the legwork, but, uh, I think the moral of this story is take shots halfway through the draft, gents, and let's see where it takes us. And apparently it takes Alex off the air to go take the <laughs> shot right now. You weren't you were asking him cream? to talk, so he just decided to leave. He's probably going to check on the ice cream situation, quite yeah. frankly. Reconsidered. Now he's back. What, what is it with, with guys and, and ice cream and infidelity? Steve. Well, as I explained while Alex was off the air. <laughs> I don't know if I need to be reminded. Uh, I think I'm good. 
<laughs> Alex, any thoughts on Carly's team? It was really good. <laughs> Excellent. Well said. All right. Thanks. Did I not say nope. what you guys said? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. But concisely. <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about your team here, champ, year in review. And we have given you a lot of accolades and we will continue to. So I'm going to start on the opposite end of the of the spectrum and talk about the only real bluster with your draft was the five, six turn in the draft, the, the potent combination of, do you remember who? Yeah. Um, the Baltimore wide receiver Bateman and the Cam Akers. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually, if you look at it, I was either just like hot or cold, you know, like I, I had, I think I had, Brown and Waddle, I think I had them back-to-back, and then I had the early good picks. I mean, what Adams obviously was, like, the perfect pick. Um, but then I think – and then I took Hopkins, which obviously, you know, was a delayed yeah. gratification, but it panned out. And then I had Dylan, I know, and he um, didn't live up to expectations, so I got rid of him fairly early, I think, in the season. So, so it was like I just, I just hit – I just hit on the wide receiver position, and then I had a great keeper. Um, and then, you know, luckily my stars were enough to um, compensate for the Murray injury, or, you know, at least I had uh, Jones play well. And then uh, Minshew, Minshew just really was not what I was expecting the championship game. So uh, oh. I had to have Claire and Adams step up and they, in those afternoon games, and they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it was really impressive that team rallied around the quarterback problem. That was a that was a tough blow when there were yeah the Minshew seemed like a fine fit and then he was not. Yeah, the moment Murray went down, it was just that feeling of like, oh, you know, this is it. Not not it's not meant to be, but uh, yeah, happy to survive that. I don't. Was there a free agent? Was there a waiver wire pickup for you that was significant beyond a short-term gap? Or no, it feels like we really did live and die off those main draft picks once we had Hopkins back for certain. Yeah, pretty much. I think the exception to that, but only a minor exception, I had Cordell Patterson, who at one point had a decent game or two, but not not really that much. So, yeah, pretty much uh, didn't didn't have much happening on the waivers. Did this year, just kind of your third year, and I'm specifically talking about our league and our format, like you feel like you've learned anything? Like I talked when it was my turn about like I'm really going to recalibrate my wide receiver stance. Um, But anything for you, like I'm going to take in, learn from this year that I'm going to do specifically next year or I'm going to avoid next year? I just think of how much I want to reveal or just, uh, you know, whether I want to keep it close to the chest on that. Uh, no, I, I, I think the big, you know, I, I botched the reading of the quarterback situation the first, you know, the first year. And then I didn't, I didn't do it right in the second year with quarterbacks either. So I made that a point with Murray who, you know, was, you know, one of the, not the very elite elite, but was, was a solid or good quarterback. Um, but I mean, obviously like the receivers worked out. So, 
so well for me that uh, following that model of making sure I'm good at quarterback and and then just uh, going heavy at wide receiver. Um, we'll get into keepers later, but mine will be pretty obvious, I think, when we get to my team. I'm Does surprised. That your I, well, it was a really good answer, but no, the fact that your keeper selection feels obvious was a surprise to me. I, you were the mm-hmm. only one I've got with three people I couldn't that I could see you going with. Everyone else is one to two. Okay. All right, so congratulations, champ. Now we'll, let's just take your victory lap here, but we will also start talking about what next year is going to look like for us. And you did talk about something meaningful, kind of recognizing this year the value of quarterbacks. I'm going to ask you both, you all two questions. How many quarterbacks would you be happy with as your starting quarterback next year, and how many could you be comfortable with? Alex? Can you repeat the question? (laughs) How many quarterbacks would you be happy with as your starting quarterback? Conversely, how many would you be content with as your starting quarterback? Never mind. I I think I I I get the question again. Because I remember reading it and thinking about it, but I forgot to ask about it. Because I originally was like, one? But no. Um, I usually like to have a quarterback in the top ten and then I feel comfortable. It's always rad to have somebody in the top four because usually they just, like, outscore everybody else. But, like, I feel like there's this giant period after the top couple that just, like, are all kind of, like, even with each other and just depending on the week and and their matchup. And I'm not too worried about it. I just don't want one that's, like, really don't want one that's, like, 15 or higher. That's, like, just super inconsistent and can have games where they get, like, 10 points. So, yeah. Before Lucas and Derek go to avoid any possible hiccup, I, I think the, I'm looking for a different angle on this question, so I will talk about my answer first and see if that helps. There are four quarterbacks I would want on my team next year specifically. I would want Dot, I would want Mahomes, I would want Herbert, and I would want Burrow. Those are the four guys in theory I would reach reach for. There are five more guys I would want to make sure I got to if I couldn't get the top four, then there's five more for a total of nine. That's Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, assuming he comes back, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and then the tenth is Kyler's a wild card based on what we know about his health in August. So I'm looking for specific names and numbers. Uh, okay. I actually I wrote this down. I've got five, so I'm I have your four, but I'm adding Hurts to my five, and then. Yeah. Um, I don't have Watson. I've got like a group of 10 that I, I'm putting like in the same, well, nine actually in like the same category. You want all those nine? Um, let's hear what Lucas has to say. And I'm going to look for overlap in the Venn diagram. Uh, I'd be very happy with four and I'd be okay with an additional three. Do you share the same top four as us? No. Um, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Hertz are my four. And I'd be all right with Herbert and um, Lamar Jackson and probably Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Okay. So I still don't change my answer because you have to remember coming from my perspective over the draft the past couple of years, I have not cared about the quarterback like at all. Like, it's just true. Like, I'm usually fine with anybody that just finishes top 10. 
like I know it's not specifics, but there are a bunch of like, and I like uh, I want Derek the Bears quarterback when he checked in. I would rather him have him over Joshon Watson in the list that you gave, Steve. I feel like I'm asking you what time it is, and you're telling me that there is pudding under the refrigerator. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I mean, as long as we're tracking here. Yeah. I I will be happy if it's not Aaron Rodgers. There you go. <laughs> so if next year Alex's quarter, starting quarterback is not Aaron Rodgers, we are you. Team Al is a success. So so let's see how this year went. Uh, I was happy when Trevor Lawrence was my starter. I died on that hill. I said Mark White. I picked him up immediately. I was like, he's going to be great. I was like, Jared Goff, I like the Lions. I did a horrible quarterback, but I was happy with all of them. So he would be happy with about 17 quarterbacks, Steve. Yeah, that's what I'm Is the answer to your question. Yeah. And maybe he'd be okay with probably another 22. The quarterback, it's not what I go for. That's why I don't win. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Jared Stidham. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Sure. He's got a great receiver to throw to. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I, for fun here, I'm going to go rapid fire, Derek, who I think your nine quarterbacks are. Tell me if I, that's how I'm telling you. Uh, okay. So there's your five. There's, make sure I got it right. J. Mahomes, Herbert, Hertz. I'm missing an obvious one. Burrow. Burrow, yeah, okay. I'm going to go what your nine pack is, and feel free to tap in other guys here. Uh, Dak. Mm-hmm. Kyler. Yeah. Brady. Yeah. Watson. No. No, ooh. Lawrence. Yes. Stafford. Yes. Cousins. Yes. Tua. Yes. I need help. No. Uh, did you say yeah. Jack? Oh, Geno Smith I added there. No. I that bad? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are missing one. Uh, you said Jackson, Stafford, Cousins, Tua. Oh, Lamar. I always yeah. miss Lamar because our format, he's so not. Okay. I think that gets us everybody if I never would have got to Geno Smith. Yeah, I think I need I need a better divide. Which I, like, really, I think I'm only happy with five, and I'm just uh, not so sure about all the others. Well, I think that's what I'm thinking, too. Like, I want one of those top five, and if I can't, then I'm just going to get two of the remaining nine and kind of just hope one of the two pans out. Yeah. I mean, if Murray, if Murray is only going to be out a short period of time, like he's the clear next guy to me, and then I, yeah. I mean, we have, you know, Prescott, but... Because even two is health, I'm going to be worried about next year too. So, yeah. All right, seven. So talk to me. We are. This is going to be, I'm going to ask you who do you think you're going to go into draft season with a higher opinion of than most people, and who do you think you're going to have a lower opinion of most people? And I understand that is a challenging question. The season just ended. There are a lot of variables to play out, but I do think it's probably fair. There is some apple of your eye. And somebody who you were like, yeah, I don't care, not buying in. Boy, if this question was about you, it'd be easy. Like Michael Pittman, uh, um, <laughs> oh, yes. or, or take your pick. 
Deshaun Watson for you, you will have a much higher opinion of Deshaun Watson than everyone else in the league. Um, I think I think that's a given too. I don't think I think in January you're right, but I think we're going to hear all the positive feedback about things are going in training camp, and I think it is going to kind of reset a little bit. I'm waiting new criminal charges. To, oh wait, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I have no idea. I haven't okay. even started thinking about next year. It's kind of, kind of difficult. Um, I guess you could say Deshaun Watson is low for me, but I don't know if that's going to be par for the course or an outlier. I think for me, um, are we going non-quarterbacks or are we sticking on quarterbacks? Oh, uh, this part is any position. Okay. So I think um Saquon Barkley I know you know had a good year and kind of had a resurgence but I I feel like I'm more inclined to think this year was the anomaly and that he's not going to be able to sustain it. I I don't think he'll be high on my uh, running backs list. Yeah, I think I I don't see a scenario where I would get Saquon either. I yeah. Flip side, somebody you are. I, yeah, I'm going to adjust a little bit. I think Josh Jacobs is going to go too high in the draft next year. Yes, somebody's totally going to agree. Um, I think logic, go ahead. I had. Did, did I have Derek Henry available? I know I had at least Saquon Barkley available when I picked Kamara. I, there's a lot of running backs that did really well this year that I was not expecting. Um, and I passed on early, so, you know, I could very easily be wrong as well. I've got, as a as a wide receiver, who I think is just on the verge of stardom, uh, T. Higgins. Ah! It's a good one. In agreement? Yeah. Especially with just how that offense has been rolling, I just feel like they're going to be – they're going to be unstoppable the next year, even though they got chased. I think there's there's room for both of them to be stars. I'll yeah. say I'll say uh, one that I might reach on uh, would be Tony Pollard. I think next year's the year. I mean, he did really well this year, um, much better than Zeke. And I think something happens there in the off season where um, it just adds to his value. This is a, I think, this is just a guy I think passes the eyeball test. He looks so good when he runs the ball. It seems like the only thing, like, he's not as good as Zeke at is, like, I give Zeke the ball at the two-yard line. That's about it. I'm going to take a, I love all your answers, but I'm going to go a little, uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive here. A guy that, especially if we do become a tight end format, uh, a guy I'm going to keep my eye on is Cole Komet. Uh, his stats weren't amazing. I think it was 50 catches, 500 yards, something like that. But last seven weeks of the season that he had fields with him, he was a top seven quarterback four weeks. So I don't, I think he, I think he and fields can have what Lamar and Mark Andrews have. So that's a guy I, uh, I'd be excited about going into next year. Cause also Chicago has no idea else to throw the ball to. That's all. It's the exact Baltimore setup. 
Oh, and quick side note, honorable mention to the Chicago Bears for acquiring Chase Claypool for what amounts to the 32nd pick in the NFL draft. Brilliant general managering. (laughs) This is the same general manager that traded up all those picks to get Trubisky, right? (laughs) No, I think that guy was sacked. (laughs) But, yes, the Bears are (laughs) – so that's something I would keep an eye on. Alex, as somebody who loves everybody, is there a particular apple of your eye? Oh, man, there's Trevor Lawrence. I love him now. Um, I was also thinking about uh, Justin Fields. I'm looking forward to him next year because I kind of want him on my team at this moment because I'm hoping the Bears actually do things in the offseason that can give him some weapons. And I think if he actually had something, he'd be useful. Um, I think those are my two. Those are just two QBs. I just, I just like them. It would be interesting if Chicago got a weapon. I saw Devontae Adams won't be with Arizona next year. If he went to Chicago, that would be uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He won't be with Arizona because he'll be with Las Vegas. You, you said Devontae Adams, Arizona. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hopkins. Yeah. All right. If we were an entirely a redraft league, who was the top quarterback and who was the top non-quarterback going off the board? Uh, top QB is Allen. Top non-QB is Jefferson. Yeah, I'm in agreement on Jefferson. I, I was thinking Mahomes, though. <laughs> Excuse me for quarterback. I was thinking Mahomes for quarterback, and I was actually going to say Jefferson, too. The early feedback is that Eckler will be the number one running back. You guys buy it, or you you have a different horse in the race? Good for him. (laughs) I feel like McCaffrey with a full season with the 49ers will still kind of be intriguing. Um, So I actually feel that 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 might be – a tough call, actually. But I can't say enough about Eckleri at the same time. I would tell you, like, as the guy who had Christian McCaffrey on his roster, like, all year, like, I don't get it. This just seems like a guy who's a volume play. I don't ever, like, feel like he's electric with the football, but maybe I'm just in the minority and I'm bitter because, like, you know, it was one of those things where his good weeks never coincided with when I needed it, and he kind of came up short when I did need it. So maybe I'm skewed, but anyway. All right, so we are going to talk about – we're going to start projecting and guessing what keepers are going to look like next year. So I'm just going to go alphabetical. Who do we think Alex keeps next year? I think it will be Chubb, Nick Chubb. Come on, he's said, said it like a half a dozen times. He's going to Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Alex, and you we get you obviously get to weigh in, but I'm curious what the what the universe thinks here. Like, would you give any thought to Najee, or no? This feels pretty cut and dry for you. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Shut up, Alexa. <laughs> I agree with Alexa. <laughs> You're not sure about that. I I do not want Najee Harris again. Okay. Someone else can have him. <laughs> I will not be heartbroken. I am sort of worried about Nick Chubb because the end of the season really fell apart, but yeah, we'll see. But no, I'm definitely not keeping Najee Harris. If I kept somebody, it would be someone else. 
right. Bob. I think Bobby is going to keep Tyreek Hill. Can he keep Tyreek Hill this year? Yes. And Tyreek Hill. Not Kenneth Walker. Uh, no. I, that was, it was well, it was between three, really. Because he could technically pick Kenneth Walker, Tyreek Hill, or Stefan Diggs, but I think Tyreek Hill or what? Diggs is off the board. That's who he franchised this year. Ah, then he can't keep Diggs, so it's between two, but I don't know. I just Kenneth Walker had a lot of games where he got under ten and I just Tyreek Hill is just like a very talented individual. So that's what I imagine he's gonna keep. But yeah, because like even just looking at his scores, he got under ten points three times. That's insane. I track your logic a thousand percent. Tyreek Hill feels like a game changer. Kenneth Walker could be, but uh, this feels like more of a sure thing. Yeah, exactly. Cameron. Um, I think this team should just like start fresh, just a clean slate, just wave his option for a keeper. Um, I think that'd be the best thing. No. Uh, Allen. No. Alex, you're happy with like one of 19 quarterbacks. What do you care? <laughs> you know what though? Two and a half years ago, there was a, there was a young boy, <laughs> way younger then, who said this exact same thing that he would be happy with anybody. He picked up Jared Allen. There was this older guy who was younger then but older now who was like, "That's a stupid pick," and I was like, "Oh!" And it turned into a quarterback. I believed in him when he was first starting, and I would love to have him again. But I'm still happy with any other quarterback. If two and a half years ago you picked Jared Allen, I still stand by your stupid. It worked. Your favorite quarterback, you're getting his name wrong. No, it's J-Dot. That's his name. I don't call him Lance Koo. <laughs> Josh right. Allen. Thank you. He's a good quarterback. Uh, Derek, I'm going to throw a curveball. Let's say Cam again winds up with the number one pick. In theory, he could do what I did last year and throw a quarterback back in the pool so he could keep him for a third year. Is there somebody on his roster worth keeping in a scenario like that and then drafting J-Dot first or second overall? Uh, I'm I'm scrambling now to pull up his roster. You did throw me for a curveball there. Uh, Let's see. Uh... Um, I don't think there's a great option here. I think you'd be looking at Aaron Jones or if uh, Elliot Zeke could, uh, well, maybe, I don't know, Debo Samuel might be an option. I don't, I don't trust his health. So I don't, I don't know if I like that scenario for him. Yeah, I agree. All right, Derek, Derek's keeper. Uh, you gotta keep the guy that, that started for you and won the championship, so Gardner Minshew all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Take my advice. Take my advice. I'm right. Talk about a curveball. <laughs> um, no, uh, Eckler was his keeper this year, so, so he's out, so, uh, it's, it's Devontae Adams. Um, I was worried about him when Derek Carr got benched, but, should have known better. It doesn't matter who's thrown to him. It does not feel like a three-horse race to you. It feels like Devontae Adams, cut and dry. Yes. 
And Derek, that sounds like where you were at. You said there was one guy you clearly had above the others. I'll assume it's Adams. Yeah, that's correct. Assumption. Um, I mean, he had 14 touchdowns this year. I think the only, yeah, the concern would be who, who is he going to have as quarterback, but, um, with what he did with, with Carr instead of him, like, I think he's going to be fine. Whoever plays quarterback, he's going to find a way to, to get the numbers. Um, certainly like Brown and Waddle are, are appealing options. If, if, if either one of those, if I didn't have other choices, I'd be happy with either of them. But in Adams, I think he's, a, he's around 30. So like there's, you know, there is some questions about his longevity, but with how great he looks right now, I, I don't see any reason why he's not going to have another stellar season next year. So minus something ridiculous at the quarterback position, there is no change they could make that would make you walk that back. I mean, if they bring back Carr, I might reconsider. No, <laughs> no, they, they actually had their own little chemistry at times. So, um, yeah, I, it would have to be a pretty far-fetched scenario to take place to make me rethink that one. Jay. I have this one. Where's my notes? Okay. Um, I think Pollard. Not Kittle. I just feel like the, the, the gap with Paul, Pollard, I mean, Lucas already mentioned him, but like, it's just going to continue to grow with carries and Zeke is, he's getting up there. Um, so he just looks so good. Even during that stretch when Zeke was out, I think he would be a guy I think is gonna is just gonna keep rising. So I'd take Pollard. Do you think he is going to have the worst keeper of the group? I think he, it would be it would be in contention. Yeah, because I, I looked at it and said, oh, there's not great options here, but Pollard could still be really good, but. Yeah, I, we may have to go through them all before I could give an official declaration on that, but th- that's what it's looked like so far. If that winds up being the case and you're Jason, this is the second year in a row potentially, it feels like you you are playing catch-up after the keeper round. Does that drive your strategy in the first round to be specific, intentional about grabbing a player maybe who's more of a sure bet or taking a chance or being very specific to go to quarterback or not go quarterback? Does it do something to your draft strategy to know you start one down? I think so. I, I tend to like, I know we were talking about this last week. I tend to think like you still get, it's less about need than it is the best available player earlier in the draft. I think I might actually even dip, you know, have a slight different approach than, than, than some others on that. So I would still like, I don't start thinking till need until a little bit after the beginning of the draft. So I would just mostly be focused on the best available guy. Fair I'll tell you, if I can do yeah. a quick uh, tangent on why I feel that way. Uh, yeah. Back in, this is a real quick basketball reference here, but uh, uh, back in 1983, the Portland Trailblazers needed a center, and they took Sam Bowie instead of drafting Michael Jordan. And ever since, I've always believed you don't draft for need. You take whoever the best player is. <laughs> well, remind me, but... Wait, who drafted Sam Bowie? The Blazers did at number two oh. in the 19, I think it was 84 draft. 
Why did, there was a decent player that went before Jordan, right? It was better than Bowie, not as good as... Hakeem Olajuwon was selected number one by the Rockets, which was a, at the time was the obvious decision. Okay. Um, the famous story was always Bob Knight was coaching the Olympic team and Coach Jordan, and he told the Blazers that they should draft uh, Jordan, that he was the best player by far, and the Blazers said, I need a center, and, and then Knight said, we'll take Jordan and play him at center. <laughs> 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 if only they would have heeded that advice. Okay, this is just going to bother me, so I'm going to see it through real quick. The year Clyde was drafted, like, was there a really great player selected right after him, or am I just getting multiple things confused in my head? Well, Clyde was before, so that was part of also the reason we didn't draft Jordan, um, is that we had Clyde. But I don't, to your question, I don't quite, I don't remember the circumstances around Clyde's Okay. Back out. But that part makes sense, though. If you've got okay, tracking. Yeah. All it right. was all logical, and it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had Darko, so he can relate. <laughs> yeah, you know the Clyde, Clyde was drafted 14th in '83. Oh yeah, I'm definitely thinking something else then. Okay, Carly. Yeah. What about her? Who's she keeping? Um. I was initially thinking one of one of her two running backs, but it's got to be Burrow. Um, he just he was just yeah he was just too good this year, and quarterbacks too uh, too important in our league. The only thing that would be, give me pause is if a rule change passes that um, has a dedicated tight end spot, then I think you. Have to give some pause and thought to Kelsey, but maybe it depends again with uh, where she drafts. That's a good point. It's hard with Kelsey. It seems like the bottom should have dropped out by now. So, yep. But it is not. All right. So you, if in that position, in a tight end is added, you would give it some thought, but it still feels like you'd land on Burrow. Yeah. Okay. Kelly. Um, it was giving me the hard ones, but I was sort of leaning towards, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I just, I don't know. It was hard to pick, but like, I, I wouldn't want to keep Jonathan Taylor, but I don't know who else she would keep in all honesty. Really? I mean, I thought you were being dry with me in the beginning, and it's like it's clearly Jonathan Taylor. Like, but I'm gonna sell this. But no, you're saying there is a legitimate moment of pause for you and what you would do here. Well, because I wouldn't want to keep Jonathan Taylor. I never want to keep some guy that was just on IR, and then not to mention he's on the Colts right now, which is kind of a, that's the Jets. That that was the Jets of this year. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I really don't think there's a choice. I think it has to be Jonathan Taylor, and then you just have to kind of hope that he's able to kind of come back. I'm sorry, was her, was her keeper Chase? Yes. Okay. Would you give some thought to Drake London if you're that anti-Jonathan Taylor? Uh, that's what I mean. No, I would I legitimately don't think that there's another option. It just stinks that I don't think she has the other option to have. What, you know what, I mean? what the hell did Drake Dun- London do this year that makes you think he should be a keeper? 
Last five games, six for 95, seven for 70, seven for 96, five for 47, six for 120. With Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota quarterback. He's going to be high in my draft board. Can we go back to your previous question about who you're it all in on that nobody else is? <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that's going to be a minority opinion in August. Are you going to draft Drake London in the top four rounds? Yes. If he was available in round four, I couldn't get the card in fast enough. Welcome to the toilet bowl. <laughs> Wait, but what about Jacobs? It's a possibility, but I would say proceed my previous comment. Um, uh, that might be too much of a reach. I, if you're going to take a chance on one of those two, I think you'd take a chance on the one that's been con- more consistently better with, with Taylor. Jacobs is a free agent, though. Like, is there a landing spot he could go to where the offense would change the decision? Yes. Okay. Lucas. Hi. Hello. All right. Um, who, who should I keep, Alex? Who I should got you no clue. Keep? Yeah. Let's see here. I closed it on accident. Well, I think you should keep Zach Wilson. But, yeah, that's how I was leaning. <laughs> yeah. Everybody I mean, likes a MILF, a MILF yeah. hunter. Uh, so I said, you know, give me the hard ones. Because <laughs> it's like, I think Jalen Hurts is it. It's really not hard, actually. Just Jalen Hurts. I don't think there's anybody else I would even consider. Jalen Hurts was quarterback four and missed two games. That feels unheard of. That's probably the wrong term, but that feels like a big deal. Yeah, well, I mean, the Philadelphia was just killing it this year. So, as a, as a whole, he definitely was a big part of that, so... At least you got a QB for next year, Lucas. Yeah, he's part of my top five. That hurts. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I, I get based on context, Lucas, that that is uh, where you're landing. I don't know. It's, I'll see where I draft. Okay. Because if I have a shot at one of the top three, to try. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because if he gets the first pick in the draft, why would he keep? Yeah, probably wouldn't keep Hurts. Yeah. Matthew. Although. Oh, go ahead. Although, wait. Well, we'll get to you, but Allen's gone. There's another top three. Burrow's gone. gone. Burrow's probably gone, so. Yeah. Oh, darn. I'd be forced into getting a good quarterback. (laughs) Oh, darn. Matthew. I think it's Cooper Cup. I can pretty much guarantee it's going to be Cooper Cup because I think three of us gave him trade offers after he went on IR for the season and he declined all three of them. And and he didn't decline them by waiting it out and having it expire. Like, he declined it before they expired. So he has a plan. Oh, yeah. It really depends on how healthy Matt Stafford is going to be. I don't know. He's a good wide receiver, though. 
But I was watching Baker Mayfield this past weekend. I don't necessarily know if I would want to use him if Baker Mayfield's going to be their quarterback. Rock in Hades, Baker Mayfield. Just you were a terrible quarterback. That was a horrible game. That was so bad. He just has, like, one or two, you know, fairly good games, and then everyone starts to think he's going to be okay, and then he just reverts back to the norm, which is, yes, being being terrible. Being scared constantly. <laughs> like, worst. if anybody got in the backfield, he like you could just kind of see him close his eyes and, like, flinch and just, like, <laughs> get ready to get sacked. He, he anything productive. And he endangers his receivers with some of his throws. Yeah. Here's a question. If McVay does end up leaving, do the Rams just throw it all away and trade Cup for some picks? Wow. Really sell out. Yep. I mean, they might have to. I don't care about McVay, but, I mean, it depends on if Stafford if Stafford comes back. No. I think you still have a good chance. Because, I mean, you still have, what, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup and stuff. But, like... I don't know. It really depends yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with Alex now that there's still a good core to build around, I think. So I wouldn't quite uh, jump ship yet. There's a small, there's a part of me that worries that Stafford is on the decline. I mean, we spent 12 years just having him get the hell beat out of him with our offensive line at the time. So like, but if, if he's back, I do agree. I think I, I just, if you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, you have to build around it because those those opportunities are fleeting, as you know we know. All right, uh, last alphabetically is me. Uh, Young Ho Koo. <laughs> he is a treasure. D- Deshaun Watson. You talked about him a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean. You, you told us who your keeper was going to be before we even had the draft this year uh, by doing what you did. So uh, Mahomes will be gone next year. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and seeing so some other options, even if I got the first or second pick, I don't think that I would throw him back. Looks like all the QBs are gone, Derek. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah, who needs them? Right. You can, so you can gonna, win with your punter, man. If you'll allow them. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like we are projecting four four quarterbacks are going to get kept. About four. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's we going to uh, be the Justin Herbert sweepstakes then. Uh, maybe next year, though, will be fun. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let us pivot to the final jankings for the season. Uh, just a reminder that only the bodies of work of Carly, Derek, Stephen, Alex um, were factored in for week 18. Everybody else's body of work was uh, ended at week 17, except for Kelly and Bobby, who ended in week 15. All right, so moving on. Reminder of where we were at. Sorry, work computer. All right, 10, J, 9, Matt, 8, Lucas, 7, Kelly, 6, Cam, 5, Alex, 4, Steve, 3, Bobby, 2, Derek, 1, Carly. So we'll roll through it quickly. 10. J. Can we, 
Can we just say six through ten are the same? Does the whole room want to do that? That's what I'm saying. Sure. Except for six. I think it's me now. Okay, so we'll go seven through ten are the same. Seven through ten are the same. Okay. Is that correct? That is correct. Six. Me. Say Alex. Um... No, I'm going to say Cam. Only Lucas survives. It was not a particularly close margin. In fact, the closest margin was Cam DeKelly of the entire rankings. No, I disagree. Um, Cam DeKelly was as snug as Kelly to Lucas. That's right. <laughs> Good choice of words. <laughs> All right, five. Me. Keep it going, Alex. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Four. Say Bob. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Bob. Yep. Was three, falls to four. Bobby. Three. Steve. 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 Yep. Was three, was four, moves up to three. All right. So here it is. This is really the only one I think you guys were remotely curious about. Two. Derek. I wasn't curious at all. I'm going to say Derek. I think, from what I understand, which is very little about the system, is that I needed to probably do a little more than the margin of victory I got, so I'm also going to say media as as number two. For the second year in a row, the number two team defeats the number one team for the championship and stays the number two team. Derek (laughs) was two, stays two. And number one was... Garly. 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 I think you got it three times this year. Impressive. Yep, I think so, too. All right. So, Jay ran the wire. Tent. Tent the whole kit. All right. Yeah, he did. He was 10 the entire year. He's only setting up for a huge comeback. But Matt finishes 10th, right? So, it is going to be Derek naming the league and Matt. Don't go easy on him. Oh, I, for, I forgot about that, uh, those two pieces of, of the victory. That comes with responsibility. It does. <laughs> Can I take a poll? Absolutely. We'll uh, tack it on to Lucas' league email. <laughs> I mean, I'd, like to, I'd like to have some input, you know, just to help with the, the creative juices and everything. <laughs> Swear words are allowed. <laughs> Are they on Sleeper? I don't know. Well, that's a that's a vote, right, to pay, move us over to Sleeper? I don't know. We'll see, won't we? I guess so. I don't know. All right. Next week will be the last show, but for now, any recommendations for uh, our listening audience? Uh, Mighty Ducks. Go watch reruns of 2020 with the lovely Barbara Walters. Oh, nice. Nice tribute to her. Thank you. I got nothing. I need recommendations now that football season is winding down or now that fantasy's over. Yeah, this stinks. Yeah. Okay. 
Cut the playoffs. Yeah, here you go. I would say move to dynasty. It's uh, it's nice to have like something to keep your eye on, but not requiring nearly as much attention. What about the United Football League or whatever it's called? <laughs> Let's watch that. Oh, guy. Oh, Let's a United Football League team draft. <laughs> we we might, but until then, we're gonna say goodnight, Gracie. Is is Gracie on the United Football League? No, for the love. <laughs>